Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It is 10.09 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Marotti Show. This is your host, Will Marotti. Matt Sarice, our master of ceremonies. Again, I want to say congratulations to Matt and Lexi for a great event yesterday. Just a, a super, super event for uh, a fundraiser for autism yesterday at the uh, the Elks Lodge in Meriden. I grew I was born and raised in Meriden. I'd never been in the Elks Lodge, uh, Elks Lodge before yesterday. I, I hope I didn't damage it at all by my presence. But <laughs> it was great event, 250 people. The food was fabulous. Um, great spirit in the room. A lot of listeners were there, a lot of WTIC staff. Uh, not, not just TIC, a lot of staff were there. It was wonderful. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and yet another record. We have a 32nd. Amen. That is coming from Patricia W. So now the new record: thirty-two amens sent in for the nine-one-one prayer. That is fabulous, fantastical. Um, yes, yes, yes. Unbelievably wonderful. Thank, thank God. All right, I promised I would take this one call before we have Steve Bucci on hold on the hotline. But James has been holding since before the break. I promised I'd go to James. James, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Go ahead. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to just, um, remember last week I kept mentioning my Pastor Felix? Yes. And you said, tell him hello. I, I spoke to him yesterday. He returned the same uh, compliment. Thank you, Pastor Felix. I appreciate that. Yeah, I have a special Felix, place in my heart hello. for pastors. He, he said, tell you hello. Um, Thank you. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm in the process of, of putting my taxes together before the due date. Yes. And, and I do Uber from time to time. Yeah. And I started to do my gas receipts because yeah. I have a 1099 form. Yes. It blew my mind. Oh, sure. How much in gas, I, I right? Was looking, I was looking at the tax, you know, gas per gallon. I'm like, what planet was this price from? Well, we're paying twice as much as we were for gas just a little over a year a, ago. Twice as a, much. A, a little bit more than, 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 than half. Just yeah. slightly Slightly north of half. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, what a yeah. difference. And that was way before Pootie. 
Yeah, right. They're blaming everything on Putin. That's the new thing. Oh, it's Putin's yeah, fault. Remember, yeah. remember, Obama used to blame everything on on Bush. Oh, it's Bush's fault. It's Bush's fault. Yeah, now yeah. it's Putin. It, it doesn't matter what it is. A meteor strikes the planet. It's Putin's fault. And they're yeah, blaming well, well, the their inflation, gas price, anything they can get away with. They're blaming on Putin. Some of my relatives are still blaming Trump for Putin. I'm not. Well, whatever. Putin. They're interchangeable at this point. Putin, Trump yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's almost like you have siblings and one passed gas, you blame the other one. <laughs> okay, have a wonderful day. James, sir. always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right, now joining us, uh, someone who has great expertise and knowledge about the United States military, having spent over 30 years in service, most of that time special forces, finished out in the Pentagon, West Point graduate, War College graduate, uh, now with the Heritage Foundation and a good, good friend. Uh, and we're welcoming back Steve Bucci to the program. Hello, Steve. Hey, Pastor. How are you? Thank Doing you for well. having me back on the show. Hope you had a good weekend. We did. So I'm not I, I've, I've changed. I've changed direction in my attitude toward Ukraine at this point, and, and largely because of the reports that are coming in, not just American, all all Western journalists reporting uh, the, the the slaughter the war we already knew it was happening but what they're seeing now in Kiev uh, with people just people being executed hands bound behind their backs shot in the head bodies left in the streets uh, I, I've now changed my position and I have been up to this point completely let's just supply them with weapons okay fine we're doing that maybe not to the rate that people would like i've now changed my position and i'm not changing position into say i, I don't want regular uh, ground troops sent into ukraine but there's a lot of other benefits that the united states has in assets so even if you disagree with my position i'm going to ask you the question this morning what else could we do to turn the table of this thing fairly quickly absent sending in conventional ground troops? Uh, well, there's actually quite a lot we could do. Uh, as we've talked before, I'm not a big fan of no-fly zones right. because, one, some people seem to think they're a panacea that once the good guys are flying around, everything bad under them stops, and that's just not true, uh, particularly when the bad guys are mostly shooting from airspace that's not over Ukraine. Uh, so, you know, unless we're willing to do a no-fly zone over, you know, Western Russia and Belarus mm -hmm. uh, and and all of the Crimea, uh, it's unlikely that a, a no-fly zone would help very much, but would have some downsides of, you know, we'd probably have to shoot down Russian airplanes. Yeah. Uh, but that aside... One, we could be doing a lot more with cyber. Uh, I think uh, people don't seem to understand that America actually has the most effective offensive cyber capabilities in the world. So there's a lot we could do to close more things down in Russia and increase their level of societal pain, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily physical pain, but you know, the, the stress on their society to hopefully influence Putin. And I think we should be doing more of that. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, we could do a lot more with our special operations forces. Thank you. Uh, our the Army Green Berets, the Navy SEALs, 
uh, the Marine Corps Raiders, uh, and our the the intel community equivalent of those guys, which is the CIA's ground branch, which is not a big force. They're mostly former military special operators, but because they operate under intelligence heading rather than military heading, it sends kind of a different message. Same kind of capabilities, though, to go in and train the Ukrainians to, to work with these folks who have already shown the courage, already shown the willingness to fight for their country, to get in there, work with them in areas where they're not fighting the Russians, right, and right. improve their capability, their effectiveness with the weapon systems that were given them. The next step from that would be to use those unconventional troops together with the Ukrainians to actually do missions against the Russians. Mm -hmm. uh, probably selective, high-value targets where you want to be, for lack of a better term, really sneaky. Uh, get those folks in there. Let them put the heat on the Russians. Probably bring some Ukrainians with them mm -hmm. to, to give it that yeah, flavor, you know, flavor right. if you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, but to add to that capability. And then the last part is just getting more weapon systems to them, get them tanks, get mm -hmm. them aircraft. Mm -hmm. The Soviet, former Soviet-era Russian-style equipment that the Ukrainians already know how to use, right. but work with our allies, many of whom still have those weapons, give them some uh, backfill, and then assist them logistically to get those weapon systems to the Ukrainians. All of that should be done. The, the horrific pictures, Pastor, that we've seen uh -huh. over this weekend from the areas that the mm -hmm. Russians have, have um, moved out of around mm -hmm. Kiev, it's horrible. Yeah. I, you no, know, I, that's all that's what changed my mind about it, quite frankly. Yeah, these little old ladies laying in the street, men with their hands and feet tied mm -hmm. that have been executed, mm -hmm. women who are coming forward and saying, you know, women and girls, frankly, mm -hmm. saying that mm -hmm. they've been sexually abused yeah. uh, by the Russian troops. You know, no offense to the Russians, but, you know, Russia's got a rep about this kind of stuff. They, sure. the, the Soviet army did this when they rolled through uh, what was then Eastern Europe and mm -hmm. through Germany as, you know, as they were uh, finishing off the, the Nazis in, in World War II. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the people that they liberated, and I'm doing air quotes here, weren't terribly thrilled with the way they were treated by the, the Soviet army as it went through. There was a brutishness and a, a lack of concern for the normal mores of, of the civilized world among some of their forces. And, and frankly, that's a lack of discipline. Their leaders can't control them. And, and they do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. When you're in a guerrilla warfare situation, as they are in Ukraine right now, uh, it's more likely to happen. The conventional troops, in this case the Russians, get very upset that they're getting shot at from the shadows. Uh, they see their buddies being hit when they, they didn't really expect to get a lot of resistance. Uh, it's real easy for them to then turn that frustration on the, the innocent civilians around them mm -hmm. uh, and... And it's just unacceptable. Yeah. But the Russian leadership not only uh, can't stop it, but they're they're probably encouraging it mm 
to increase the terror factor that's there to go along with the, the shelling of, of uh, civilian targets as well. Yeah. We got Steve Bucci on the, on the line from Heritage Foundation. Steve, we, uh, remember the certainly the popularized movie Charlie Wilson's War, where we mm-hmm. were covertly funding, uh, I guess, the Taliban to fight the Russians. <laughs> True story. I mean, it's hard to believe, but I, I, I guess those things happen on a on a periodic basis. Would this fall into that kind of a category? I mean, is this something the and, and how would you do it? I mean, I, I don't know. The president will not do it on his own, right? You can't get Biden to do this. So would this be a, some, some covert, some, you know, congressional subcommittee that would uh, part of the defense committee or something, uh, international uh, uh, foreign intelligence? How would this, could it, I guess practically I'm asking, what, what would be a mechanism to get this thing in place that we would be able to do additional weapons and, and some covert activity? How, how, would that, how would that happen or could it happen? Okay, well, real quickly, that you know, there's a distinction between you know we we supported anybody who was fighting against the Russians in Afghanistan. That's where you're referring to at Charlie right. Wilson's war. Right, right. Uh, it wasn't all the Taliban. There were a whole oh, okay. bunch of other guys that we supported that okay. were not, you know, of the nature of the Taliban. The Taliban okay. just won the post-war fight afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, we're supporting again. Uh, the people whose country has been invaded without uh, any, you know, justification for it. Uh, and it is difficult, if not impossible, to do without the cooperation of the executive branch. The executive yeah. branch owns the military and the intel folks, so they have to cooperate. But Congress has some forcing functions that they can use to encourage the uh, executive branch to do these things. They can mm-hmm. just allocate money right, for right, it publicly. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, that puts pressure on the government to use that money to do it. They can make resolutions demanding that, that the administration take more stringent action than they've done thus far. And then there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that the congressional leadership can do and the citizens can do by by you know, campaigns of of uh, demonstrations, of letters to the president, that sort of thing, uh, that actually has some effect. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are going, oh, come on, Bochy, that doesn't do anything. It actually does. Politicians respond to that kind of pressure if it's consistent enough and, and enough volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can get them to do more by the outcry and in this case, you know, there's even people on the left who are calling for it. So this sure. is a, a nonpartisan thing. Really? It's just okay. decent human beings who are looking at what's going on mm-hmm. are sickened by it and want our country to do more to help the innocent people of Ukraine. I mean, I know you're, you've, you've studied uh, military history over the years. Um, does this have any, any, any uh, odor of, uh, you know, the early days of the Hitler regime? I mean, is this the, it seems to me this is the kind of stuff that people were, were unilaterally turning a blind eye to and, and really not caring that much about the fact that or thinking they didn't have really a place in stopping Hitler with the, with the atrocities of the Jewish people. Uh, it, it, it could have that 
tone. Uh, fortunately, the, the West and, and even President Biden, at least speaking out against it, he's not, I don't think, uh, responding as robustly as I'd like to see. Yeah. Uh, but he, they at least put the sanctions on that sort of thing. With Hitler, everybody kind of went, oh, that's really not happening. Well, with today's communications methodologies, cell phones, things like that, it's really hard to hide this kind of horrific genocidal actions. And, and we're seeing it. That's why we're so sickening is we're getting it on the, the evening news. Yeah. Uh, we're getting it on our phones every time they're, you know, the thing vibrates. You realize sure, it's sure. another news hit talking about this stuff. So hopefully uh, we can uh, avoid it. The, the talk of appeasing Putin has pretty much disappeared. Yeah, uh, I don't care about appeasing anybody at this point. I care about protecting the women and children at this yeah. point. Yeah, and and the you know the the strength of the resistance of the Ukrainian military and their civilians that have mobilized to help them uh, has been so tremendous that people are not saying, well, okay, what can we give Putin to get him to go away? Yeah, yeah that's like, over. How can we get Putin out of this country mm-hmm. and make this a full up defeat right. for this kind of behavior? to send a message to autocrats everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're moving in that direction. Hopefully that will continue. But to do that, we've got to, to equip the Ukrainian fighters sufficiently to do the job themselves. And they're ready to do it. And, and we have incredibly... Come fight with them. I don't even know the half of it, I'm sure. But other people I know in the special ops community have told me things. And, of course, I get a lot of information from you. Uh, we have an incredibly robust capability with special ops, right, special forces. Uh, it, it, it would make sense to me that we should be in there helping and teaching uh, the Ukrainians and, and being able to take that amazing ability that we have uh, in terms of special forces and, and, and transfer some of that wisdom and knowledge and, and make Ukrainians a better fighting force. I, I would love Absolutely. to, I would that love to see that happen. That is the primary mission of the Army Special Forces. Yeah. It is not to chase terrorists. It's not to to do be commandos, per se. It's to go in. You know, we're the Army school teachers. We go in in denied areas and, yeah. you know, behind the lines yeah. and train with the, the locals, the good guys. Uh, and then if if allowed, we fight with them uh, against those bad guys. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. We can train them and then, you know, help them do their planning and send them on their way. It's more effective if we send some of our guys with them. Of course. Because then yeah. we can really uh, make sure that they're doing things correctly. A little coaching. It's also safer from a standpoint of human rights. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't want the Ukrainians to get so – uh, upset about what's happened to their civilians that they start doing atrocities against the Russians. Exactly. That's exactly. not a positive we thing either. On that. Mm. Uh, we want the Ukrainians, you know, basically to stay mm. clean, if you will. Yes. So yes. that it's, it's, it's easier for people of good conscience to support them. Uh, if our guys are with them, there's a better chance of that outcome than, than a more horrific one. So right, right. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. 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 We have right. the capability. We have the training. This is the mission I had when I was a young lieutenant first joining Special Forces back in the late 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, to that, we, you know, we were just targeted against the Soviets, mm-hmm. not against the Russians. 
uh, and oddly enough, same people, same enemy doctrine, uh, and it'll work just as effectively as it would have then. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I really hope that this is going to happen and develop, and we can't wait too much longer. Every every day we wait, there's, there's innocent people being killed wrongly, and, and I just uh, I really I really had a turn of, turn of heart in the entire issue. Steve Bucci, Heritage Foundation, as always, sir, thank you so much for spending time with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Pastor. It's a sad subject, but uh, I'm glad you're bringing focus to it. Thank you, sir. See you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.